media figures and big social media followings realize that they will have to develop an actual personality starting tomorrow because the Trump hate thing is probably going to go away after tomorrow. So we'll talk a bit about what's happening and in the transition team. Garth Brooks says he will play Biden's inauguration in a show of trying to bring us unity. Liz Cheney faces censure over supporting the impeachment vote for Donald Trump. And California is shelving a batch of vaccines over allergy concerns. I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Contemporary. My name is Jay Edgar. Hopefully this will continue to be your favorite morning haunt even after the Donald goes away because my big hope is that I actually do have a personality, unlike some of the people who have survived for four years and gotten very, very rich off the fact that they hate the president, that suddenly are not going to have anything to talk about. Hopefully, I'll still have something to talk about. We will see what the news provides to me, but... Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of Kamala Harris's pantsuit, her Converse sneakers, and Joe Biden's dogs, at least until such point that Joe Biden has a horrific accident and God rest his soul. And oh, look, hey, Kamala Harris is the president again. But we will get to all of that coming up in just a bit here. Before we get into any of that, head on over to freedomscoop.com. Freedomscoop.com is going to be your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs, where we carry great shows such as The Generational Gap, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Daily Ignoramus, The Freckles of Brit Show, and The R-Rated Conservative. Head on over there, pick up some of our swag, help us support great creators, help us get our creators moving forward, and help us help them as we continue to bring you the news going into a sleeping news cycle. Looking at the Dow, we looked at this chart yesterday. It's the same thing. Martin Luther King Jr. Day closed down the markets. So once again, we had the dip. It came back up. It dipped back down. And now the futures are looking up again. So we will look into what's happening from that. Looking at the Bitcoin, because that didn't go down yesterday. The Bitcoin is at $36,990.20. That is in U.S. dollars. That is a slight uptick from yesterday. But not very much. I think it was only 100 US dollars was the uptick. Let's keep going. From IBD, Dow Jones futures signal stock market rally as Janet Yellen urges Congress to act big. Tesla Model Y China delivers these begin. From Ed Carson, Dow Jones futures rose solidly Tuesday morning along with S&P 500 futures and NASDAQ futures, signaling a solid stock market rally after last week's pullback. Janet Yellen, President-elect Joe Biden's Treasury Secretary nominee, will make the case today that Congress should act big and enable the Biden stimulus plan. Bank of America reported better than expected fourth quarter earnings early Tuesday, but revenue missed, while Dow giant Goldman Sachs beat the top and bottom line. B of A stock fell slightly when Goldman edged higher. Computer peripherals maker Logitech reported blowout fiscal third quarter results Monday night with strong earnings and yet another quarter of celebrating sales growth. Shares rallied. Finally, Lumentum Holdings agreed to buy laser maker Coherent for $5.7 billion in cash and stock. Lumentum makes optical components as well as sensors for the Apple iPhone, 
LITE stock tumbled while coherence spiked. The stock market rally fell last week as buzz from the Biden stimulus plan began to wane. But was a constructive pullback so far, the major indices fell modestly, holding short-term moving averages and letting longer-term averages catch up. Some euphoric market ideas such as new IPOs like Yatsen Holding suffered significant losses or sharp reversals. Tesla began deliveries of its Made in China Model Y crossover on Monday. Last week, Tesla stock retreated, but after appearing to go on a climax run. The electric car maker is looking anticlimactic, which is a good thing. U.S. tech giants aren't participating. Apple stock, the only one that appeared to be trying to do well, reversed for solid losses. Most have been lagging in the stock market rally for months and are stuck below their 50-day moving averages. We read that yesterday. Cyclicals are strong. We read that yesterday. There's Yellen right there. President-elect Biden unveiled a $1.9 trillion stimulus plan on Thursday night, but that didn't buoy the stock market rally on Friday. Biden's stimulus buzz has fueled cyclicals on the broader market in the new year. Democrats winning in the Georgia Senate runoffs. We read that already. Yeah, a lot of this is uh, the same stuff from yesterday. On the futures, let's do that one. Dow futures rose 0.7% versus fair value, S&P 500 futures climbed 0.7%, and NASDAQ futures jumped 0.85%. So it looks like everything is looking to start up, but we will see what the investors have to say now that it looks like they're going to spend a whole bunch of money and make those interest rate climb. Let's see what CNBC has to say here. Hopefully this won't be a uh, recycled one from yesterday. Dow futures jumped 200 points on better-than-expected Goldman earnings. Stimulus hopes from Yoon Lee and Jesse Pound. <clears throat> Stock futures jumped on Tuesday, pointing to a rebound from a rough week as investors cheered stellar earnings, Goldman Sachs, as well as signals for other big stimulus and faster pace of a vaccine distribution ahead. Futures contracts tied to the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 200 points, or 0.7%. S&P 500 futures added 0.8%. NASDAQ 100 futures gained 1%. Shares of Goldman jumped 2.7% in pre-market trading after the bank topped expectations for fourth quarter profit and revenue. The blowout results came on the back of a strong performance from its equities traders and investment bankers. Bank of America dipped more than 1% in pre-market after the bank posted quarterly revenue that missed expectations. Earnings came in slightly ahead of the estimate, however. We expect investors will look through fourth quarter results and focus on company commentary about the trajectory of recovery in 2021, David Costin, Goldman's head of U.S. equity strategy, said in a note. As investors look to 2021, policy remains a key driver for corporate profits. Janet Yellen, president-elect uh, Biden's designated nominee for Treasury Secretary and a former chair of the Federal Reserve will appear before a Senate Finance Committee on Tuesday. Yellen's primary remarks call for the federal government to enact a large stimulus to help the economy and drive us up into the debt even further. Neither the president-elect nor I propose this relief package without an appreciation for the country's debt burden. Okay. But right now, with interest rates at historic lows, the smartest thing we can do is act big, said Yellen, in a prepared remark. I believe the benefits will far outweigh the costs, especially if we care about helping people who've been struggling for a very, very long time. Meaning, once we send their jobs overseas, they will get desperate, they will look to the government for help to feed their families, and we will breed a new generation of Democratic voters. Stocks that would benefit most from further stimulus and faster vaccine rollout led the uh, gains in pre-market trading. 
Shares of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings were up 3%. Boeing was up 2.8% in pre-market trading. American Airlines was up 2.5% in early trading. Hey, the COVID is going away, so it's time to go start traveling. Some tech shares also rebounded from their losses last week. Stocks are likely poised to resume upside after ending a healthy consolidation, wrote Fundstrat's Tom Lee in a note, citing an increase in the pace of vaccinations and eventual rollover in coronavirus cases. And of course, Democratic governors realizing that it's suddenly time to open up their states. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, President-elect Joe Biden's pick to lead the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said Sunday that she's confident the U.S. will have enough vaccine doses to meet the incoming administration's goal of inoculating 100 million people in 100 days. Well, I'm not going to get mine, so there's somebody that can have it. There's an extra person right there. Have fun with it. The move in futures comes after a slump in for equities. Last week, the S&P 500 lost 1.5% for its first weekly loss in three while the Dow and the Nasdaq Composite slid 0.9% and 1.5% respectively, both posting their first negative week in five. All right, that's what's happening on the numbers. Let's look at what's happening in the mainstream news. A lot of this. That's what's happening in the mainstream news. So the first thing I want to start with here is uh, Don Winslow put out this video because, well... He's Don Winslow, I guess. I don't know what his reasoning for doing this was, but essentially what this boils down to is Don Winslow, I believe, predicted that there was going to be a civil war under the Trump presidency. And considering today is the last day of the Trump presidency, he's got to stoke that fire to see if he can get it going once again. So Don Winslow tweets out, New video, Trump's new army, volume up. On January 20th, Donald Trump will no longer be the commander-in-chief. He will lose control of the U.S. armed forces and take control of a new army. Let's listen to what Don Winslow has to say. Navy, Air Force, Marines, Special Forces, and America's nuclear arsenal. On January 20th, Donald Trump will become the commander-in-chief of a different army. This army. The greatest threat facing America today comes from within. Radical extreme conservatives, also known as domestic terrorists. They are hidden among us, disguised behind regular jobs, they are your children's teachers. They work at supermarkets, malls, doctor's offices, and many are police officers and soldiers. For more than a decade, Donald Trump has spoken directly to white supremacists in their language. Build that wall! Build that wall! Build that wall! Pocahontas, is it offensive? Oh, oh really? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. In the middle of a presidential debate, Donald Trump was asked to disavow white supremacy. He refused. Instead, he told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Proud Boys, Boys. stand back and stand by. They heard their leader. They even responded to him on Twitter, promising to stand by. And on January 6, 2021, Trump greenlit them. They suited up, they flew in, they took hotel rooms, they loaded their weapons, prepared their bombs, and they attacked with the intention of killing Nancy Pelosi and hanging Vice President Mike Pence. Okay, that's enough of this one here. So if you've seen this, if you've seen this kind of rhetoric before, and this was somebody who you were vehemently opposed to at this point, what would you want to do to the people? 
that Don Winslow was telling you about. This is doing nothing but sparking more violence, and it's not going to be coming from Trump supporters. In fact, a lot of them haven't seen this because they look at somebody like Winslow and they've probably got his ass blocked at this point. But he's riling up his base, his base of support to, hey, it's okay to go and punch a Nazi. And we've been hearing this for the last four years. Hey, no, punching a Nazi is okay. Hey, look at all these Nazis over there. They have red hats on. This is not going to end well. And once again, this comes down to, I mean, the title card, the final day, and the tweet that I put out for this particular episode right before we got started, that some of these media personalities are going to have to develop an actual personality because they all they've had is Trump hate. And they can generate 10 million clicks from hating Trump. And that means ad revenue. That means people want to go and sign their crappy, shitty fucking book. They can do all this. They can advertise themselves based solely on Trump hate. And those days are coming to an end. They're not going to be able to do that anymore after tomorrow. Well, they're still going to do it, but it's going to be meaningless. He's not going to have any power. He might be fucking arrested tomorrow. Who knows? This is a reality TV show. Anything can happen at this point to try and keep you glued to your CNN and your MSNBC. And yes, there is a very, very good shot. That rhetoric like this pushes us back down into a war. So watch yourself. I could honestly see with stuff like this fomenting out there, Trump supporters and hashtag resistors lining up in the street shooting at each other. And of course, I disavow that. And nobody should be doing that. But if they do that, I'm going to stand back from here with a tub of popcorn and watch them do it. And the only people I'm going to be concerned about are going to be the ones that try to cross my threshold. And yeah, they're not going to be real happy when they do that. But as long as they stay over there, I don't give a fuck what they do to each other. I really don't. As long as they stay over there. And that's the stance that you should have. Defend your property and yourself. Don't go out looking for the fight. All right, on that, let's get into the news. From the New York Post. <clears throat> Excuse me. Melania Trump goodbye message provokes love over hatred, peace over violence. From Stephen Nelson. Get rid of this autoplay here. In spite of the fact there's no volume, let's get rid of that. First Lady Melania Trump on Monday released a nearly seven-minute farewell message urging Americans to choose love over hatred and peace over violence. The video filmed at the White House was posted to Twitter fewer than 48 hours before President Trump leaves office Wednesday at noon. As Donald and I conclude our time in the White House, I think that all the people I have taken home in my heart and their incredible stories of love, patriotism, and devotion she said. The outgoing first couple will skip President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration in a historically rare snub. The Trumps are expected to be en route to Palm Beach, Florida when Biden takes his oath of office. Trump leaves office amid the fallout from this month's deadly Capitol riot staged by his supporters. Which interrupted the certification of Biden's win. He was impeached for a second time last week. Last week for allegedly inciting the mob. Melania Trump does not directly mention the Capitol attack, but asks viewers to be peaceful while broadly condemning violence. 
Her chief of staff, Stephanie Grisham, was one of the first White House aides to resign over the president's alleged incitement of the riot that killed four Trump supporters and one police officer. They were already marching by the time he was, or before he was done speaking. He did not incite that. Be passionate in everything you do, but always remember that violence is never the answer and will never be justified. The First Lady also touted her signature Be Best initiative and reflected on her engagements with veterans and people suffering with drug addiction. When I came to White House, I reflected on the responsibility. I have always felt as mother to encourage, give strength, and teach values of kindness. It is our duty as adults and parents to ensure that children have the best opportunities to lead fulfilling and healthy lives. She added, I ask every American to be ambassador of Be Best, to focus on what unites us, to raise above what divides us, and always choose love over hatred, peace over violence, and others before yourself. And it's a good message of unity. It's too bad the mainstream media is never going to pay attention to this, and instead they'll come out and say that, oh, well, Melania was inciting hatred and riots too. All right, on that, let's keep going. <clears throat> From the Daily Mail, I apologize for the I-8s that come with that, but, you know, they're still a good source for this. Pentagon rejects President uh, request for a huge military-style farewell parade with crowd of supporters hours before Biden's inauguration. From Caitlin Carell, U.S. political reporter for DailyMail.com. The Pentagon will break with recent tradition by refusing to engage in an armed forces farewell or throw Donald Trump's requested military-style parade as the president leaves office on Wednesday. Trump wants an extravagant goodbye, not unlike the exuberance he exuded during his presidency, despite his recent fallout of favor with middle-of-the-line Republicans following the storming of the Capitol earlier this month, which Democrats impeached him for last Wednesday, claiming he incited an insurrection. The president wanted his departure from Washington to involve a military-style send-off and a crowd of supporters. The person who has discussed the matter with Trump told CNN. Two senior defense officials told Defense One that no military farewell is being planned for the commander-in-chief. Yep, he, I mean, even if he wanted to run in 2024 at this point, the impeachment's going to be hollow. Even, I mean, after the Capitol thing, his supporters don't support him anymore. He couldn't run in 2024 again and win, and this I don't think his kids could run again either at this point. So we will see what happens for that. But of course, you know, we saw the outrage because he wanted to have the military parade to honor the vets because he's like Kim Jong-un, oh my God. We saw that earlier on. We see this, and we also see the military standing guard at the Capitol for a completely virtual event. So we will see what happens with that. Let's keep going. From the Daily Wire, Biden picks a second sympathizer of critical race theory for education department from Hank Berrien. On Monday, President-elect Joe Biden announced his choice for Deputy Secretary of Education, San Diego Unified School District Superintendent Cindy Martin, whom it was reported had praised a speaker promulgating the idea that schools spirit murder black children and that white teachers should undergo anti-racist therapy. Would that be... I don't know, like a conversion therapy, like maybe do electroshock to convert them into, into anti-racist. Is that the kind of thing you're advocating for? Because it sounds like the kind of thing you're advocating for. 
Investigative reporter Christopher Rufo wrote, According to whistleblower documents, Martins personally introduced the speaker, Bettina Love, and praised her presentation about spirit murder, anti-racist therapy, and abolitionist teaching when Love was a featured speaker at a training program last August. Rufo noted that whistleblower took detailed notes of the speech and captured screenshots of the presentation. Despite the district's ban on attendees from recording the session, he continued, Okay, if the district has a ban on recording a session like that, there's probably a bigger problem going along with that. He continued, according to these notes, Love began her presentation by claiming that racism runs deep in the United States and that blacks alone know America or who America really is. She argued that public schools in particular don't see blacks as human, are guilty of systemic anti-blackness, and spirit murder babies in the education system. Well, this woman sounds like a peach. At the end of her presentation, Love told the teachers that whites are directly responsible for the plight of dark children, Rufo reported, adding that a slide labeled Teacher Education Gap stated whiteness reproduces poverty, failing schools, high unemployment, school closings, and trauma for people of color. And this woman is going to be in the Department of Education. If there's ever been a reason to shut down the Department of Education, there it is! Alright, let's keep going. From Fox News. Trump supporters in National Guard might do something to Biden, Dem Congressman says. From David Rutz. Representative Steve Cohen ominously suggested Monday that Donald Trump supporters within the National Guard charged with helping to protect Joe Biden might want to do something to the president-elect. In an unprecedented show of security forces, 25,000 National Guard troops have militarily locked down Washington, D.C., have been deployed to Washington, D.C. to protect Biden's inauguration this week. The city is on edge after pro-Trump mobs stormed the Capitol on January 6th, which disrupted the certification of Biden's Electoral College victory and resulted in several deaths. The FBI is vetting the Guard Service members charged with protecting the Capitol this week. They're planning something. Something's being planned. Ding, 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 glow, glow, glow. Fed, 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 fed. Cohen told CNN that he had remained, or he had been reminded rather, that former India Prime Minister Indira Gandhi was assassinated by her own bodyguards and said that any Trump supporters within the National Guard units were suspicious. Let's have a listen. This morning I was reading about this on, the, on my Twitter account, I guess, and people were reminding people of Anwar Sadat and Indira Gandhi, who were killed by her own their own people. Um, you know, I was thinking the guard is ninety some odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, only about twenty percent of white males voted for Biden. You got to figure that in the guard, which is predominantly more conservative, and I see that on my social media, and we know it. They're probably not more than twenty five percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other seventy five percent are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. And there were military people and police who took oaths to defend the Constitution and to protect and defend who didn't do it, who were in the, the insurrection. So it does concern me, but uh, 
the vetting at the last minute. But, I mean, that's far to, to, to have voted for, for Trump does not make you an insider. I mean, that, that's far different from being a threat uh, of violence inside, whether the National Guard or law enforcement. I'm curious, is there is there anything you've seen to substantiate just how broad this in, insider threat may be if it, if it exists? Absolutely not, Jim. But, you know, if you, if you draw first in the first circles, people who work for Trump and not for Biden, as far as people who would be within uh, the, the zone of folks who you'd be suspect of. Suspect group is large. Yeah. Final question, if I can. And there it is. I don't trust a second of this inauguration that's coming up. I really don't. Just everything that's going on there, they're trying to frame this out here. And. A lot of people have been talking about the Harris uh, administration and what she would do as president. It's it's like they're not even trying to hide it. Do you think that he actually makes it to January 21st? Do you think he has an aneurysm? Or maybe somebody in the guard does take a shot at him and whoop, bippity-fucking-bam, you've got President Kamala Harris, who they were pushing right from the beginning. I'm going to go full Alex Jones on this if they keep throwing these flags up there like this. You know, the next thing you know, I'll be screaming into a microphone, I will eat your ass! If they keep going in the direction that they're going with this here. So, we will see what happens with that. I think that's uh, just a little bit kooky. But, it's Steve Cohen. What are you going to do? Let's keep going. From the Hill, Garth Brooks to play at Biden's swearing-in ceremony from Morgan Chalfant. Country music star Garth Brooks will perform at the President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration in Washington, D.C. later this week. Brooks announced that he agreed to perform at the inauguration during a press call organized by the President Inaugural uh, Committee on Monday. He said that incoming First Lady Jill Biden called and asked him to play at the inauguration and that he made the decision to do so over the weekend. Brooks repeatedly commended the message of unity that Biden has emphasized, even as his followers have spit in its fucking face, as he prepares to take office, and said that it was an honor to serve his country by playing at the ceremony. This is not a political statement, Brooks told his reporters. This is a statement of unity. Brooks, who will not reveal which songs he intends to play, will join Lady Gaga and Jennifer Lopez in performing at the swearing-in ceremony at the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. Gaga who campaigned, uh, campaigned rather for Biden on the eve of no the November 3rd election, will perform the national anthem. Didn't she com campaign by standing in front of an F-350, making fun of middle-of-the-country people, taking a half a sip out of a beer and throwing the rest of the fucking thing on the ground? Was, was that not her campaign? Because I believe I remember that being her campaign. Brooks and other performers will take part in a ceremony at the U.S. Capitol on January 20th that has been scaled back due to the coronavirus. There will also be a substantial amount of security for the inauguration given the increased threats and security concerns following the January 6th riot at the Capitol. So, no one will be there except for 25,000 military members. If it's just me and a zoom lens right here, I see them. I see their faces because I have seen them, Brooks said. This will be Brooks' second time playing in an inaugural ceremony after playing at former President Obama's inauguration in 09. Brooks was also invited to perform at President Trump's inauguration in 2017, 
but declined due to a scheduling conflict with his ongoing tour at the time. Yeah, I was actually at a concert for one of those tours, uh, one of those tour stops. So, with that, I guess the people who watched the inauguration will get to see Garth Brooks. Let's keep going. I got another one here of Steve Cohen. Democratic lawmaker accuses Boebert of giving tours prior to insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection, and if it was an insurrection, it was the world's worst insurrection. Because usually the police don't let you in during an insurrection. From Jim Shuto, Ryan Nobles, and Annie Grayer. Democratic Representative Steve Cohen of Tennessee said that he and a fellow lawmaker personally saw Republican Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado guiding a group of people through the Cannon House office building tunnel in the days leading up to the Capitol insurrection on January 6th. Cohen's accusation is significant because it's the first time a member of Congress has specifically accused another member of giving a tour of the Capitol complex prior to the riot. It comes after several Democratic members have suggested that their Republican colleagues may have been providing the tours as an opportunity for the would-be rioters to get the lay of the land ahead of a planned insurrection. The only thing I've seen, Congressman Yarmouth refreshed my recollection yesterday, we saw Representative Boebert taking a group of people for a tour sometime after the 3rd and before the 6th. I don't remember the day we were talking or walking in a tunnel and we saw her and commented who she was and she had a large group with her. Now, whether these people were people that were involved in the insurrection or not, I do not know. Cohen told CNN's Jim Shuto on CNN Newsroom, that's a lot of speculation and none of that would hold up in court. And you know that too, Cohen, because I believe you're an attorney. Cohen continued, she was a freshman. She might have had a large number of people coming to be with her on this historic occasion and just wanting to give them the opportunity to have a tour. But it's pretty clear that her team is the team. She's not on the home team. She was with the visitors. That's a pretty significant accusation. And I do hope you'll take it to a point where now Bobert can cross-examine you in court. So go ahead, file a charge. I want to see the cross-examination. But I feel like he's not going to. I feel like he's just going to come up and make a lot of accusations on cable news. Let's keep going. From the Daily Wire, Liz Cheney censured for vote to impeach Trump from Amanda Prestigiacomo. The Republican Party Central Committee in Carbon County, Wyoming, has censured uh, Republican Representative Liz Cheney for her vote to impeach President Trump. The censure resolution passed in a unanimous vote by the 45-member Central Committee. The Washington Times reported it included a demand that Ms. Cheney appear before the committee to explain her actions. Our representative did not represent our voice, said Carbon County GOP Chairman Joey Coranty IV, according to the Times. The resolution says Cheney defied the will of most Wyoming Republican voters when she voted in favor of the Democrats' rushed impeachment article denying President Trump due process. Last week, the Wyoming Republican Party slammed Cheney over her impeachment position. 
The wind in Wyoming has been horrendous today with gusts up to 65 miles an hour. That's nothing compared to the whirlwind created by Representative Cheney's announcement that she would be voting to impeach President Trump and her subsequent follow-through of doing just that, the party said in a statement as reported by the Daily Wire. There's not been a time during our tenure when we have seen this type of outcry from our fellow Republicans with anger and frustration being palpable in the comments we have received. Our telephone has not stopped ringing. Our email is filling up and our website has seen more traffic than at any previous time. The consensus is clear that those who are reaching out to the party vehemently disagree with Representative Cheney's decision and actions. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with that too because you're elected to represent the will of the people of your district. You're not out there to represent the will of yourself and your political agenda. And a lot of representatives and senators have forgotten this over the years. Now, of course, the Senate was initially supposed to represent the state's interests, not the interests of the people. But, I mean, what do we have to do at that point to go back to, to go and see and have the people go back to what they were? There's an amendment that has to be repealed in order to get the Senate to be back to where, where it should be, but... No, if your representative is not representing the will of your district, then yes, you absolutely have the right to come out and make a censure. Good on them. Maybe she'll get recalled after this. Who knows? Maybe we'll see some more political drama come off of this. Who knows? But the people of Wyoming are unhappy, and we will see what it is that they have to do. But good on them for reigning in their representative. More people should be doing that. Absolutely. Let's keep going. From Newsweek, Wyoming Republican chair hints at secession following Liz Cheney impeachment vote. From Dara Roach, the chair of the Wyoming Republican Party suggested over the weekend that his state should consider seceding from the union following Congresswoman Liz Cheney's vote to impeach President Trump. Love you guys over there in Wyoming. Love how based you guys are, but you are a landlocked state. That is not going to end well for you. I hate to tell you this. I love the idea in principle, but you are landlocked, which means there's only one country you can trade with. Keep that in mind. Love the idea. Love the spirit. but you are looking down the barrel of a blockade that you have never seen the likes of. Frank Ethorn spoke to former White House Chief Strategist Steve Bannon on his War Room Pandemic podcast, which was recently banned from YouTube, about Cheney's decision. We need to focus on the fundamentals that's been stated in this broadcast, and that is that, or what Wyoming is, Ethorn said. We are straight-talking, focused on the global scene, but we're also focused at home. Many of these western states have the ability to be self-reliant, and we're keeping eyes on Texas, too, and their consideration of possible secession. Now, they have a different state constitution than we do, as far as wording, but it is something we're all paying attention to. Ethorn later told Wyoming's Casper Star Tribune that the state Republican Party had not discussed secession in text messages to a journalist working at the newspaper. Only a brief conversation with the Texas GOP in earlier work with them, Ethorn said. 
won't come up again unless the grassroots brings it up. Love the idea because, well, as a federalist, I think that all states should be a step away from secession to begin with. Always, all the time, you should always be a step away from secession. If you want to go off and form your own country, you should be autonomous enough that you can still do so. All the time. That's the founding principle of federalism and why I get so frustrated when we see so many laws coming up out of the federal government that should never have had a place there in the first place. Interstate commerce and representing us on the world stage are the only legitimate facets of the federal government. But once again, Wyoming, you're landlocked. Just keep that in mind. You're going to have to get a whole lot of other people to sign on because you're going to want a port of, at some place, at some point or another, you're going to want to have a port. All right, let's keep going. From the blaze, Mike Huckabee says Kamala Harris also should be impeached given the standard used against Trump. From Breck Dumas, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee says, given the reasoning behind the House of Representatives' second impeachment of President Donald Trump, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris should face the same punishment. If we're going to impeach Donald Trump for what he said, then we'd better impeach Kamala Harris for saying the things she did last summer about the rioters and looters. Oh my God, it's whataboutism. How could you do that, Mike Huckabee? Oh my, whataboutism. Whataboutism. Oh, well, you can't compare this to the BLM riots. They, they had a legitimate grievance. The, the, the Trump supporters, they're just, all they're doing is, they're, they're not legitimate. They're just following an evil orange man because he's evil and orange. Oh my God, don't you know we can... Spare me. Huckabee told Fox Business over the weekend, pointing out that Harris even established a monetary fund to get them out of jail on bail so they could get back to the riots, which is a first for Kamala Harris because usually she's putting people in the other direction, putting them in prison with the hopes that they never get back out. So if we're going to play this game, then everyone should have a turn, he added. The Washington Examiner pointed out that Huckabee was referring to Harris's support for the Minnesota Freedom Fund following the death of St. George and resulting protests and riots over the summer. The fund was also used to pay bail for some rioters and protesters, also helped bail out other violent felons, such as a man accused of raping a young girl. There's the link where she supported that, so of course he's coming with receipts. I mean... He's wrong, because impeachment should be reserved for crimes that you commit while you're in the office. And technically, as of yesterday, she's resigned her Senate seat, so you can't do that. I under, once again, I understand the spirit behind this, and I support it, because he's absolutely right. But since she's resigned the office, they really can't go back after her at this point. The time to do that was last summer. And yes, I actually would have supported that, at least some sort of investigation into it. But yes, she's absolutely done the same thing. And I don't give a fuck if it is whataboutism. They did the same thing. They incited the riots and they turned the people loose. Which, once again, that's a first for Kamala Harris. Turning people loose from jail. That's a first for her. So, good idea, bad execution. From NBC. 
Hawley finds a new publisher for a book that was dropped after the Capitol riot. This comes to NBC by Reuters. No author given. Senator Josh Hawley has found a new publisher for his book after being dropped by Simon & Schuster following the assault on the U.S. Capitol by alleged supporters of President Donald Trump. The book, titled The Tyranny of Big Tech, is critical of big tech corporations, including Google and Facebook. The day after the Capitol assault, Simon & Schuster said it would no longer publish the senator's book. Conservative publisher Regenery Publishing will publish the book this summer, its parent Salem Media Group said in a statement on Monday. Yeah, I'm probably not going to read it. I know what the tyranny of big tech is. I live under their boot every fucking day. Let's keep going. From Ocasio, ah, uh, from the blaze, rather, Ocasio-Cortez. I have demanded the resignations of Tech Rules, Josh Hawley, and Kevin McCarthy. From Chris Enlow, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Honorable D. Twitch, is demanding the resignations of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Senator Ted Cruz, and Josh Hawley. Ocasio-Cortez's demands came during a virtual town hall with supporters on Friday. She claimed those Republican lawmakers are no longer worthy to be members of Congress because they share responsibility for allegedly inciting a deadly riot on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. I've yet to see proof of this, but she's AOC. She doesn't need proof. What did she say? Let's have a listen. What we saw last week was not just a violent coup attempt, um, but we also saw a dereliction of duty and a betrayal of our country and a betrayal of the oath that we swear. And that is why I have demanded the resignations of Senators Ted Cruz, Senators Josh Hawley, um, Majority Leader, Republican Majority, or rather Republican Minority Leader in the House, um, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, um, along with, with many others because this is not just about political opinion or partisanship. This was about the abandonment of our sworn oath for what? For personal ambition, for greater loyalty to a base. And that's where they cut that off on that one. I'm sure that uh, the Honorable Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez D. Twitch had so much more to say about that. But, you know, that's where the Hill decided to cut her off. And, well, they took me out of contacts, okay? Let's be realistic about something here. Now, I don't know who incited the violence or what went along with this. I've seen enough evidence to go forward and say that it's possible that this was a Democrat-incited riot that was used to try and get the Trump supporters into, and I, I said this on the Red Net Show last week, 
I said this a little bit last night, and I've said this on Contemporary before, to kind of get into a monkey see, monkey do mentality where all these people see a couple people storming the Capitol, and they decide that it's time for them to go and go with this. Yes, there were absolutely Trump supporters in the, in the rotunda and in the uh, congressional chamber. There absolutely were. How they got in there and how they got the idea to do it, I cannot confirm at this point. But you can't deny the fact that the left at this point are acting like a fucking bush. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And we can use this to impose our will over the American people. We saw it with the Patriot Act after 9-11. We saw it with the war effort after 9-11. And now we're seeing this with a 20,000-page domestic terrorism bill. Conveniently ready, 24 hours after the riot. And the Honorable Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez D. Twitch. Suddenly ready to get rid of the most problematic people in the opposition party. To try and get everybody else to shut up and stand in line so they can have their one-party rule. Never let a good crisis go to waste. That's what George W. Bush taught us. And that does seem to be what's happening out of this. Let's keep going. From Fox News, that's going to give me an autoplay. Shut up, Fox News. Nobody likes you. God damn it. Where's my pause button? Technical difficulties. Give me a second. All right. That shut it up. Christy Swanson defends Trump from cancel culture, demands to be removed from John Hughes films. Yeah, we talked about this last night, and the movies that uh, my wonderful co-host has brought up, I've never seen. From Tyler McCarthy. Christy Swanson is being roasted by fellow celebrities after defending Donald Trump against calls to digitally remove his cameo from Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. As the president faces a historic second impeachment, many on social media are looking to have his brief cameo in the 1992 holiday movie written and produced by the late John Hughes, digitally removed from future iterations. I actually didn't realize that was a John Hughes movie. And yes, that is one of the few movies I have seen. The campaign on social media prompted actor Macaulay Culkin to say he approves of this. The scene in question sees Trump give Culkin's Kevin McAllister character directions in a hotel lobby. Swanson, an outspoken supporter of Trump, took to Twitter to defend him from what she deemed cancel culture. If cancel culture is really going to have Donald J. Trump removed from the John Hughes movie, Home Alone, then, in support of my president, I'd like to have myself officially removed from the John Hughes films Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, she wrote. Many were quick to note that the roles Swanson was referencing were not exactly essential to the plot of either of the beloved films. She had a brief non-speaking role in the conclusion of Pretty in Pink and offered a very short speech at the classroom during Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Among the critics taking aim at Swanson's declaration were fellow celebrities such as Jane Lynch, who mocked Swanson on Twitter, writing, Why aren't you getting in line? You're a Hollywood celebrity, get in line. Yvette Nicole Brown followed suit later writing, Why aren't you getting in line? Comedian Patton Oswalt said something really stupid. Because that's what he does. And yeah, I mean, I can understand why she would want to do this. And of course, 
Hollywood comes out and says, oh, well, you're not a you're not a Biden supporter. You're not a supporter of the party, capital T, capital P. You're not allowed to be in our little club anymore. And we're going to mock you uh, ridiculously, even though we're going to spend the next four years speaking out against bullying. So, thank you for that. Let's keep going. From Axios, Dominion sends cease and desist letter to the MyPillow guy. From Ursula Perano. Dominion Voting Systems on Monday sent a cease and desist letter to MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell over his spread of misinformation related to the 2020 election. Trump and several of his allies have pushed a false conspiracy theory about the company, leading Dominion to take legal action. It's suing pro-Trump lawyer Sidney Powell for defamation and $1.3 billion in damages. Why, the government's still going to fucking use you? You didn't get any damages, except for a little bit of bad press. And a Dominion employee has sued Trump himself, OANN, and Newsmax. Once again, without lost wages, you have no fucking standing. The letter also orders Lindell to preserve and retain all documents relating to Dominion and your smear campaign against the company. Lindell also must preserve all communications with any member of the Trump campaign, in addition to communications with Giuliani, Powell, Jenna Ellis, and L. Lynn Wood. I want Dominion to put up their lawsuit because we have 100% evidence that China and other countries use their machines to steal the election. Yep, we're going to keep watching this for a few months. Which is good because CNN needs to continue to sell some more commercials and Axios needs more rage bait. Let's keep going. From WHEC News 10 out of Rochester, New York. Monroe County Legislature's Democratic Caucus calls for investigation into Flagler Mitchell. This is great. I love this one. And if they don't give me the details that I want, I will go back to the Daily Wire and pull that article back up that they put out on this. The Democratic Caucus of the Monroe County Legislature plans for a call for an investigation into legislator Ernest Flagler Mitchell. Flagler Mitchell, a member of the Black and Asian Caucus, has been accused of misconduct by Lakaya Sinclair, who says he sent an explicit picture to her. Flagler Mitchell did not deny the allegations, but said it was a mistake that he's taken responsibility for. The Democratic Caucus re uh, released the following statement on Monday. Legislators hold a position of trust, and we're obligated to hold ourselves accountable. Tomorrow, we will formally request the Monroe County Legislature, President Joe Carbone, investigate the serious and disturbing allegations of misconduct by Ernest Flagler Mitchell, made by Lakaya Sinclair, who showed courage in coming forward. And what... Was the alleged misconduct, you ask? What could? What is it that he could have possibly done to bring something, uh, something like this to the floor? He sent a picture of his junk to a 19-year-old girl and then claimed that he was mistaken and he meant to send it to his wife. Don't send a picture of your junk to fucking people! It's not that hard. And God knows I'm a hypocrite because before I turned 30 and when I was really dumb, it may have happened here and there before, but 
I mean, there's a reason that I don't do it now. Because shit like this happens. Don't send a picture of your penis to a 19-year-old girl. This, this is not rocket science. You fucking morons. It doesn't matter if she's legal. If you're a public figure, this is going to be used against you. Especially if you're a public figure. They're going to find a way to me too your ass from here to fucking breakfast. And the mainstream media is going to ignore it. All right, let's keep going. From CNN, a little bit of a down note after that one. Dante Barksdale, who worked for more than a decade to keep Baltimore streets safe from gun violence, is shot and killed from Harmit Kaur. F in the chat for Dante Barksdale. Dante Barksdale spent the past decade and a half helping to keep Baltimore's neighborhoods safe from gun violence. On Sunday, Barksdale, who has been described as the heart and soul of the city's Safe Streets program and a beloved friend to many in the community, fell victim to the very problem he worked to prevent. Barksdale, 46, was discovered with a gunshot wound in his head on Sunday morning near Douglas Homes, a public housing development in southeast Baltimore. According to Baltimore police, he was taken to Johns Hopkins and later pronounced dead. Officers did not provide any more detail around the circumstances of his death, Baltimore Mayor Brandon M. Scott mourned his loss, saying that Barksdale's work saved lives. Yeah, I guess the guy was a big-time charity guy. He spent most of his time going in doing community outreach to try and end the problem of gun violence in the inner city of Baltimore. And he did more than Kimberly Klasik did, I can say that right off the bat. And yes, absolutely, F in the chat. F in the chat for this dude. I don't even know the circumstances surrounding the dude's death. But if he was giving that much charity and that much time, F in the chat for the dude. I'm sure Candace Owens has got his rap sheet rating, uh, waiting rather to release out to the public. Since 08, Barksdale, known to people locally as Tater, has worked with Baltimore's Safe Streets, where he most recently served as the program's outreach coordinator. At the core of the Safe Streets is the idea that communities are best equipped to police their own neighborhoods, staffed by people who know and understand that street culture is all, uh, often participates violence. The program works to build relationships with young people in at-risk communities and help them mediate conflicts. And he might have been misguided in his way to do things. I can see some of the misguided uh, ideas that go through this, but I mean, if he's going out there trying, then I don't know. Once again, I don't know why he died. I don't know who did it. We don't know who did it. But people who are so willing to give to charity are so hard to come by these days. Big Fs for this guy. Let's keep going. From ABC6 out of Philadelphia. Four hurt in a string of shootings in Pocono Mountains community. This comes to ABC6 from the Associated Press. If you know anybody in Philadelphia, you should probably reach out to them to make sure that they're okay, because this sounds pretty rough. At least four people were injured Monday in a string of shootings that prompted an order to shelter in place for Pennsylvania community in the Pocono Mountains, authorities said. Shots rang out 
not far from each other in at least four different areas of Monroe County, Pennsylvania. A woman was flown to a hospital with a gunshot wound in her back, while another appeared to be shot in the head. Pocono Mountain Regional Police Chief Chris Wagner said at a Monday night news conference, during which he said no suspects had been arrested. Police were interviewing people of interest in the shootings, which they believed were connected. Police have also requested multiple search warrants and have witnesses, Wagner said. One of the other victims suffered a gunshot to the arm, and the fourth victim was hit in the leg. None of their medical conditions were disclosed on Monday night. So, this is a developing story right now. If you know somebody in the area, go ahead and reach out and make sure they're all safe. All right, just a couple more here, then we'll do Twitter trending, and we'll head on out of here. From the New York Post, California shelves a batch of Moderna vaccines over allergy concerns. Still not getting it. From Jesse O'Neill. California health officials are calling on COVID-19 vaccine providers to stop using a batch of Moderna's shots after a handful of people who were inoculated at the same site all had allergic reactions. Fewer than 10 people reported reactions after receiving doses at San Diego vaccination site last week, according to Fox 5. It appeared to be experiencing a possible severe allergic reaction during the standard observation period, a type of adverse effect that the CDC reports some people have experienced when receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine site switched to another lot of Moderna vaccine after the closing for a few hours, the California Department of Public Health said. The mass vaccination site at Petco Park, the home of the Padres, opened January 11th to deliver vaccines to healthcare workers on the state's priority list, the station reports. Nearly a third of a million doses from the Moderna batch were sent to 286 other providers in the Golden State, with no other nudes of bad reactions. I've seen a bunch of people get bad reactions to this, and once again, I'm not anti-vax. If you want anti-vax, go check out my friend Stephen Ignoramus. He's very anti-vax. I am not anti-vax. But they rammed this fucking thing through so fast, I just want to wait a little while and see how other people react to it and what the long-term effects are. Because we've only known about coronavirus for a year at this point. We'll go the extra mile and say that the world has known about this since January or even a little bit into last fall. We've only known about this virus for a year, and yet they have a vaccine out, and they're sure that there are not going to be any long-term side effects, in spite of the fact that there has been no long-term for there to be long-term effects. No thanks, I'll wait. All right, last one, then we'll do Twitter, uh, Twitter trending and head on out of here. Don Lemon blows up at Trump's allies, praising Martin Luther King Jr., and I put a tweet out yesterday that's I'm surprised did not get a lot more hate than it probably should have. Because there's so many people out there that are guilty of this on both sides. Martin Luther King Jr. has been taken out of context and misquoted in order to advance a social or political agenda more often than the Bible has. But let's see what Newsweek has to say here. CNN's Don Lemon has criticized Republicans who quoted the, and praised Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on the holiday celebrating his birth after showing support for a president who used race to pit Americans against each other. Actually, a lot of Trump supporters didn't support Obama. That's probably the correction that needs to be made in here. 
In a monologue on Monday night, Lemon called out a number of GOP and conservative figures, including Vice President Mike Pence, the President's daughter Ivanka Trump, and Senator Ted Cruz for paying tribute to the black civil rights icon after failing to denounce Donald Trump for spreading falsehoods about the election and inciting the extremist attack on the Capitol on January 6th, allegedly. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Pence tweeted how King called on the nation to live up to the highest ideals of our founding, while saying his accomplishments will inspire us for generations to come. Senator Lindsey Graham tweeted how America needs to pursue King's dream for a better country in these troubled times, while Cruz described how King calling for Americans to have the courage to face the uncertainties of the future is needed now more than ever. Uh, Ted Cruz had a tweet out there for this as well. There's Mike Pence's. Lemon noted that the GOP figure's tweets on Martin Luther King Day arrived two days before Kamala Harris is set to make history as the first black and South, East, uh, South Asian woman to become vice president. She's not black, by the way. The Biden-Harris administration was elected to represent all Americans, with more than 81 million people having voted for them. Citation needed, please. Lemon said, but it was voters of color who put them over the finish line, even as the current president until Wednesday at noon. Anyway, tr deliberately tried to divide us. There's Ivanka's tweet. There's the Turtle Man's tweet. Do we have video of Lemon doing this? No, we don't. That's fucking lame. I wanted to see that. Lemon goes on to condemn the Republicans who stood by every racist attack from Trump, even as he tried to disenfranchise millions of Americans, many of them voters of color with his unsubstantiated cries of widespread election fraud. Those Republicans, like Mike Pence, putting out 50 tweets quoting Dr. King's words, can you believe it? Like Mitch McConnell, who supported the president, whose actions go against everything Dr. King stood for. Like Lindsey Graham, who allegedly called Georgia election officials to get them to throw out legal votes, including a large numbers from black voters. Ted Cruz, who even after the riot on Capitol Hill still voted against certifying the Electoral College vote. Ivanka Trump, who called the rioters American patriots and then deleted the tweet. One Republican after another, apparently hoping that you'll forget their support for a president who used race to pit Americans against each other. No, none of these people supported Barack Obama. I just said that. Lemon then shares a quote from King in which he discussed his frustration about the white people who just didn't get it, and then stood in the way of progress in a letter he wrote from a jail cell in Birmingham, Alabama. So, there it is. Don Lemon, decrying people using race to separate and divide people, and, in turn, using race to separate and divide people. Good job, Don Lemon. All right, and that's going to be it for the news today. And before we get into the Twitter trending today, I want to remind you that because I don't interact with the chat during the week here, I do write your names down, and I thank you all personally on Friday. So if you're lurking right now, get that last-minute message in so I can make sure I add you to the notebook here so you can get a special thanks from me on Friday along with everybody else. Let's see what's Twitter trending today. This ought to be a fucking dumpster fire. All right. Number one. June. Army is delighted after BTS's RM promised he will appear in a V-Live on Tuesday. 
A date with Nam June. Thank you, June. You really made this night extra special. I love you. SM, good night. I don't know anything about any of this or who June is. Let's keep going. Uh, we'll skip the Tuesday vibes. Number three, which will be our number two, is by Felicia. Probably having something to do with the inauguration tomorrow. Who's Felicia? That's actually kind of funny, I'm not going to lie. It was the longest saga I've ever been trapped in, but hashtag bye Felicia. And then they said unto Felicia, bye. Yep, just as I said. Well, enjoy the media going back to sleep, guys. Uh, number four is the Mets. Recently hired New York Mets manager Jared Porter has been fired after he reportedly sent explicit unsolicited photos to a female reporter in 2016. Once again, don't send your funkin' junk to people. Because shit like this happens, even if the woman is legal. Morons. Number five. Jared Porter. We'll get you a bonus one here because this goes along with this one. Number six, Dr. Levine. Levine? Levine. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden has tapped Pennsylvania Health Secretary Rachel Levine to be his Assistant Secretary of Health, leaving her poised to become the first openly transgender federal officer to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate. There's your Assistant Secretary of Health right there. Get a good long look, guys, especially you guys coming over from Stephen's stream. I know you like this kind of stuff. Get a good long look. You love it. All right, and the last one that we'll do then, Dolly. Country singer Dolly Parton celebrates her 75th birthday on January 19th. Well, most of her body is not 75 years old. I hate to tell you that, but happy birthday anyway. Talented woman, talented singer. She probably could have made it without getting all that plastic surgery. We'll never know. But yes, very talented woman. Born this date in 1946. And the private charity helped to fund the COVID-19 vaccine to help offset what the government had to put in to get the Operation Warp Speed to go. And private charity always does better than the government funding. Happy birthday to Dolly. Hey, look, there's Dolly and Miss Piggy. All right. So that's going to be it then for the day. All right. We're going to head on out of here then. Once again, make sure if you uh, didn't get a message in and you're lurking, get that last minute message in so we can get the proper thanks out to you at the end of the day on Friday. I will be back here tomorrow so we can talk about what's coming up at the inauguration and every other stupid thing that happens throughout the rest of the day here. Looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow for the inauguration news and everything else. 
Hope you'll tune in. Until then, though, I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. <laughs>